Like Call It What You Want, which we know is your favorite podcast about the beautiful game, Viore is committed to delivering a great experience for everyone, which is highlighted by their new perspective on performance apparel. Everything is designed to work out in, but doesn't look or feel like it. In fact, I'm rocking their Stratotech polo right now, along with their Sunday performance jogger pants, so I can be business on top when I'm on camera, but super comfortable on the bottom. And it's just the best. Fiori gear is incredibly versatile, and it can be used for just about any activity. Running, training, swimming, lounging around, hosting podcasts, doing errands, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. And for our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash call it. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash call it. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash call it and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Conrad, Conrad Dino, also known as Jim. My nicknames are all over the place, and I'm here with Heartbreak Kid, Hollywood, or the formerly known, formerly known as uh, Hollywood, Heath Pierce. And oh, Charlie yeah. Davis is not with us. I don't know where Charlie is. Nobody knows where Charlie is, but uh, we, we're pretty sure he's having a good time wherever he is. And we've got a great show for everybody. Lots to talk about, of course. But uh, Heath, how are you feeling about me maybe taking your moniker <clears throat> of uh, Hollywood? With my yeah, and, and for the record, for people that you. don't, yeah, definitely, you you should definitely be uh, Hollywood now. But just just for clarification, it's not a heartbreak kid Pierce. It's the heartbroken kid Pierce. Right? <laughs> it's like, for people that think that I'm just out there breaking hearts and just running running the show, it's actually my storyline is a, a lot different than that. Um, but to focus on Hamas. Um, I'm assuming that you were Hamas in the show, like uh, you went with. Uh, I act well. So what's what's interesting. So for everybody that doesn't know, I'm in episode 10 of Ted Lasso. I went and visited the set back in August. There's me with Coach Beard. And they found a way to get me into the show. They take a great deal of pride of having Easter eggs on the show. And uh, it was a tremendous life experience just to go onto the set. And and I love it, I think, as much as everybody else out there does. And uh, But you were there. you were there for work. I was there for work. You were connecting and they let you see the set. And then all of a sudden this uh, light bulb moment happened. I remember you mentioning, dude, I'm going to try to get on the show. Uh, And you couldn't say anything about it. You wouldn't tell us anything. Uh, I couldn't say anything. And so, and so the next step, was basically they, they found, uh, found a role for you. And I mean, yeah, yeah. like how that happened. And then also now for people to know when you get into the edits, like a lot of things actually don't make the show when, with how much they film. Um, so kind of what's the process to, to to you getting this big W here? Well, that's a really big W. And that's why I didn't say anything. Well, I couldn't say anything for a while, but but I didn't know for sure 
that I was going to be in. I know that we shot the scene and I knew that they, I had a close up potentially, but I didn't know to what extent uh, I was going to be seen in the show. So I didn't want to oversell it, but uh, I got in there and I, I and I gave a very uh, bewildered face. Uh, I looked tired and jet lagged, but uh, man, did I have a hell of a time being tired and jet lagged. So, so it was, it was awesome. But, but again, when I saw them and I got the invite to go down to the premiere, I asked the, the director, Matt, I talked to, they're like, oh yeah, you're going to be in. But even then you don't really believe that you're going to be in. Because like, to your point, you never know how it's going to go in editing. If it doesn't fit, then you're out. I will say, one of the coolest things about it was that when I was doing the opposite side of it, when they were doing a the, the close-up on Roy Kent, I was there. Like He was working off of me being there. So to get the stare down from Roy Kent in a couple scenes, a couple takes, was next level. It was really, really mm. next level. So it was a very cool experience. <laughs> hey, it's Chuck! What's up? What's up, Chuck? How's life, oh, dude? Chuck's got another TED talk today based on how he's dressed. Well, I'm, do- I'm giving again. the Ted Lasso talk right now. So yeah, I, I give yeah. the Ted Lasso talk. No, but, no, but- you, you, had me, you had me dying when you said the, the look from Roy Kent. Oh, God. Dude, it's unbelievable. You're- like that, I yeah. just like, I can't believe this is real right now that I'm actually walking down this hall and I have Roy, the Roy Kent staring me down. And uh, it was unbelievable. So even <laughs> if it, if I hadn't made the final edit, I still would have always had that. But it was a, it was a fantastic day. I can't say enough about how kind they were to me throughout the whole process. And I got to Jimmy. Meet Listen to Jimmy, friend. dude. Jimmy knows there might be one more season. And he's just hedging right now. You know what I mean? He could have just said it was like he's trying to now. He's trying to go from that like extra to like you know maybe a little you know a little more than that. <laughs> hey, you know? hey, Coach Beard. Coach Beard did say it's definitely not over. I, I, I mean. Not only that, but what if there's the spinoff, you know? What if there's the spinoff show uh, Jimmy's trying to get himself? That's true. Like, we might not be... He's trying to be, be getting, a manager. We might be getting Jimmy for six six minutes an episode. Like, Chuck, it might just be me here. It might be the 10-minute ep- ten minute podcast or 10-minute show from now on. Yeah, what's interesting is that they were going to have me be a player first and then switch me to be uh, part of the staff. So I guess I'm like a scout. I think that's what we decided on when I was there, that I'd just be a scout for mm-hmm. AFC Richmond. So that's that's my role. I'm pretty pretty fired. Fired up about it. Uh, Chuck, uh, we, we got to get to you, though, because I, you're looking nice, of course. That goes without saying. But Fuller and Balogun, we got our nine, and we wanted to hear from our resident number nine about your thoughts about Balogun joining the U.S. Men's National Team because mm, yes. we were deprived of that possibility when you were not around for, for the other show, the, the emergency yeah. podcast. So, so tell us your thoughts, man. You got to be excited about this. This is a game changer. Uh, we, we've talked about the U.S. men's national team in the striker position, the, la- the lack of, of options that are going to be consistent. Ricardo Pepe was hot for a hot second, but we, we haven't had a striker who can run the channels, who can hold the ball, who can score goals, also dribbling people 1v1. Now we have that. So it's not only that you have the tip of the spear, and, and that's a, a complete position because he's not even com- uh, finished developing. He's still a young striker, so he has a lot to learn. But I think more importantly, the space he's going to open up for Christian Pulisic, for Gio Reyna, for uh, Weston McKinney, for Eunice Musa, for Timothy Weah, it, 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 there's a trickle-down effect. So one, he's scoring goals and he's and he's develop, creating in the attacking third, but he's also taking the pressure off of Christian Pulisic to be the guy and the only guy when it comes to scoring that crucial goal or 
being that the the magnificent creator in the attacking third. Now you have that guy too. So you have someone who who's going to be relied on to score the goals. So Christian can just be Christian now. And I think that's what that's what's really um exciting about about Florian Fuller and Balogun committing to the US. So Heath, he Charlie conveniently left out that he's going to also open up space for one of our young players from the U20s that will be playing in the 2026 mm-hmm. World Cup just to bring back No, he's actually going to take not only that, he's going to open up space for them because we don't need the profiles that we have now because we got somebody that can do a little bit more. You know what I mean? Let's get some, someone's getting off the field. Chuck, but, but, I, I, go ahead. Go ahead. Go, go, go ahead, Jimmy. Go ahead. No, I just wanted to follow up with there's still there's an emphasis on getting Balogun the ball in the right spots, which is not – We I'm sure there are plenty of games where we, we didn't have our number nine touching the ball that much. And, and even Balogun, when he plays for Ronce, there, there are times where – I think the game where maybe he scored a brace recently or over the last couple of months, and he only touched the ball 21 times. So it's not even like his own club team is getting the ball. But to your point, and why we're all excited about him, is that he's making the most of those 21 touches. But but how do we get him the ball from a U.S. men's national team perspective? Well, right now we're playing in a 4-2-3-1, right? With the, with the, the middle of the three is the 10. So you can get creative with that 10 spot. Christian Pulisic can play in that position. Uh-oh, here we go. I- you can Gio Reyna get in that position. Players who are comfortable on the ball. That's that's what you need there. Someone who can play one twos, who's comfortable on the ball and, and a threat. Yunus Musa could also be that player. So I'm excited because I think whoever the next coach is, is going to find that connective tissue. So it's not three machines that are, are running in the midfield, destroying everything, winning balls and, and just playing straight counterattack or straight transition attacking direct to goal. It's more what we saw from Manchester city in, in the champions league, second leg, even in the first leg controlling the game. We, we have players now that can control the tempo and dictate the game and not so much rely on sitting back and counterattacking. We have players who have quality. So let's show it. Let's put them in a position to mm-hmm, succeed. Mm-hmm. And I think when you have a flare and Balogun, you need that threat because if you don't have a threat who can run in behind and push the center backs and maybe occupy two, then it's not going to work. But now you have that. So a 10 will be that much more important when you have a flare and Balogun who can pull defenders out of space. You can have players run in behind them, but also come inside and play and, and combine. So like this is massive. I don't. I, I still don't think Listen, we. Chuck, Chuck, we, we got to take credit for it though. We got it. We got to yeah, give it. We do. We were the ones out there, like doing the legwork behind the scenes to get this guy on the team. And then of course Eunice Musa and Team Away and all those guys were helping too. But but we put it out there that we wanted to sign this guy. We did it with our tweets as well. So I, I'm pretty sure we can take full credit. Chuck, I think you have to go because you're looking pretty nice. You got what? You got Europa League coverage tonight? Today? What, what's happening? Yeah, we got the Golazo show on CBS. So. uh Come check it out, the Galazzo check Network, the Galazzo Show. It's gonna be it's gonna be fire. Roma is is taking on Bayern Leverkusen. They have a one 0 lead going into it, and then you have mm. Sevilla and, and Juve was one one in the first leg, but that was in Turin. Now they're going to Back Sevilla, to and it's a, a very tough place to play. Mm. And they're the perennial champions of the Europa League. Then you got West Ham. Can they get over the, the line and win Europa Conference League? Yeah, uh, and can Fiorentina get back into it over Basel? Yeah, well, Chuck. I'm very curious to see. Sorry, Heath, I keep interrupting you, and I'm actually enjoying it at this very moment because <laughs> I stole your nickname as well. But but, can you give us notes on Jose Mourinho? Because I think he's very good in tournament formats, and I think that could help the U.S. men's national team. He's a, he's a candidate, I think, so let us know how he does. Hey, you know it. 
<laughs> Heath, Heath, what were you going to say? Yeah. I thought you had a question. I, I was just wondering, is that the full outfit for today? Are we going to throw a little, we could put a tie on, a little bow tie? You know, know, pocket square? Today we're just going straight easy. Just, uh, All right. Oh, I thought you were going to stand I mean, up and give us some trunks. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah seriously. Talk. Give us, give us, yeah. Oh, you gave us, oh, you gave right, us the watch. Look. I mean, it fits well. I'd love to see maybe it, it get dressed up oh, a little wow. bit. Oh, I like the kicks. Wow. I'd like him to dress it up a little bit nice, more. Nice, nice, Personally, nice you know, he's kind of, when, when anytime you go, yeah, anytime you go with the suit and no tie, those kind of got that, you know, with those types of blues of like, I could, I, you know, mentorship coaching for just three easy payments of ninety nine ninety nine, <laughs> I could, I could change your life. Uh, you know? <laughs> hey, let me, any way I can help you let yeah. me know. Yeah. I love that. It's like a guy that just got off a long day of work and took off his tie and then put on his yeah. running shoes. There he goes. Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. Chuck, enjoy the Golasso show. We love you. All right. So. Heath, let's talk a little U twenties. Well, hold on, actually, before whoa, we get whoa, to that, whoa, Jimmy, whoa, this is whoa, great. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I had. Wait, a, wait, wait. I, go ahead. Actually, I would love it if 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 uh, producer Desert Alex can throw up my poll at some point too from from the other day from the glasses I was wearing. That was pretty funny. But this one, who's your favorite Ted Lasso character? For those of you that are listening to this in audio format, it says uh, Ted Lasso, obviously as a character, thirty six percent. Roy Kent at twenty four percent. Coach Beard down to ten percent. And then the fourth option is unnamed. Backroom staff member number 12 at 30%. Yeah. And that's Jimmy Conrad Woo! with a look of shock clo closing in on Ted Lasso uh, uh, at, a th at a thousand votes. Go so vote if you get on now. there, go, go into the polls. Yeah. Can I take over Jason Sudeikis? Make it happen. It, it is. This is just fantastic, though. It's I mean, great. it's a really well-named, uh, uh, unnamed backroom staff member. Number 12. <laughs> I, I love it, Jimmy. We're all just being haters right now. So we oh, this is great. I it's, allow you it's, to, to bask in the glory. I, I you know, I, my one second of fame. I'm going to, that's my new roll the clip. You know, I have my Mexico goal. I have my tackle against Messi. And now I finally found my third clip. And that's I will say it would be nice if, you know, our our parents, that is CBS Paramount Plus, would just start to drop us into a bunch of their shows, you know, just <laughs> so we can come back every once in a while and be like, hey, roll I the saw clip. you on Yellowstone yeah. the other yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You exactly. look good on Yellowstone. I think he, it would be, it, it, you know, they've got, they've got hundreds and hundreds of new shows coming out. It'd be great if they could just start dropping us into that as like un, unnamed background staff shot. member number 12 on all these shows. I would love that. It'd be great. Uh, I love our that. producers need to make it happen. We do yeah, on them we, now. We yeah, did the we did the Balogun stuff. They need to do that their part now. You know, exactly we're we're doing right. the stuff on the field. Uh, they got to do the stuff off the field. I I'm in full agreement with that. Uh, all right, let's talk U twenties, U twenty World Cup. Hey, real quick, yes. Jimmy, before we okay, get into that, back. one, one more back. thing. Not going back. There's a question in here. Damn, Jimmy, do you get recognized on the streets now? This is actually something I, I I've wanted to ask you for a while because it was the same with me. Um, you and I joined together at at, at Kick TV. Right. Yes. You retired before me. And then I, I stepped in with you and I found that the next three years of my life, it was equal to or more people recognized me globally as the guy from YouTube than the soccer player. Oh, did was that full on for you of like, but, but I guess we had a, a crazy reach at the time, um, but, uh, you know, which which you which you built uh, over a number of years of just putting yourself out there. But, but I guess my point is, is was there a lot of times? Cause I felt this, that people didn't actually know you played. You were just Jimmy, oh, the guy from YouTube. Yeah, totally. I, I would say that when I get recognized on the street, I can tell right away based on their age, what they remember me from. So if they're 40 plus 100% as a player, 
Mm-hmm. If it's if it's anything under than 40, <laughs> then crazy? especially if it gets closer to the 20, 25 year old range now, because they kind of grew up on kick TV, they yeah, they absolutely lose their minds because I'm I'm just a YouTuber. <clears throat> now, now I think they I, <laughs> I've rolled wild, the clip and I've rolled the clip enough to know, you know, that they they have some evidence that I maybe was did something special once in my life on the field. But uh but yeah, outside of that, it's it's mainly that. I will say before I went to El Clasico before the pandemic hit. And uh I got recognized a few. It's so crazy when you go outside of the country and you get recognized as well. Mm-hmm. And all of that was YouTube. There's all yeah. like oh, yeah. teenagers, your early 20s. And it is insane how they react to you. Yeah. You know, you, we just feel like normal guys. You know, we just love the game. And, and we were fortunate to, to have careers playing. And uh, we have personalities now and platforms to showcase those personalities. But uh but yeah, it's it's they just lose their, <laughs> it's, they lose yeah. their minds, dude. It's, it's yeah, I know I know we're on a tangent, but it, that was a, that was a crazy thing for me of being like, dude, I worked my whole life to be a professional athlete, and within a year of retiring, I would be like, dude, you're the guy from YouTube, and it wasn't like, <laughs> and it wasn't like, uh, uh, it wasn't like, hey man, big fan of your career or great. It was like, oh, you put <laughs> no. your life into it, and then you put I put six months into me just staring <laughs> wide eyed into a, into a thing. But you realize the generational shift and 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 the privilege we have to be able to be on a platform 100%. like this and 100%. and building an audience that shows up week in and week out here on in soccer we trust. It's it's amazing. So we appreciate all of you. Yeah. All yeah, we're saying is sure. if you see us in person, just throw a little compliment towards our playing. <laughs> they were average compared to others, but it makes us feel good. No, no, know? I'll actually pay money. I'll Venmo people. <laughs> if they yell Johnny Bornstein at you when they see you on stream. I expect anytime anybody sees me to be like, hey, where's Chuck? Like as like this big disappointment of like, oh no, like we knew you were gonna be here, but we came here to see Chuck, you know. We came here to see Chuck. Chuck's the big timer, he's the resident yeah. big timer. Yeah, that was fun. I like that tangent. Yeah. That was a good yeah. one. So yeah, now we're giving everybody uh good ideas when they see us in person. And and I love I we know this is gonna happen for sure that when Chuck gets seen in person, people are gonna ask him about his houses and how many boats and how many plants <laughs> yeah. he has. And I can't get enough of that visual, just knowing that that is actually gonna happen uh in the future. So please make that. He's gonna get some stalker deep the on the internet. Like, dude, I looked everywhere and he somehow hides everything from Yeah, me. I don't know how he does it. How does he escape Zillow.com? All right, let's talk. Just give Maybe we should ad. take a break first. Produce, producer Alex, should we take a break first? Our first and first and I was gonna say only break because that's what I said for a long time. All right, let's take our first break of In Soccer We Trust. When we come back, we will finally do the U20 World Cup preview. And of course, we got some other stuff to talk about. San Diego getting into MLS. And I saw Don Garber last night, and I'll tell you what he had to say. And we'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody, to In Soccer We Trust. Just want to let everybody know that it is back due to popular demand. UEFA are giving you a final chance to win your limited edition UCL which is UEFA Champions League Elite FUT 23 kits. Yes, winners also will receive a digital copy of FIFA 23, which will be a lot of fun. The UCL Elite FUT 23 kit final drop. Secure your limited edition kit now. A FUT package for the best of the best. Enter now at UEFA.com slash elite. And for the YouTube audience, if you're watching, there's a QR code to enter that's up there in the top right corner. All right, Heath Pierce, I'm Jimmy Conrad. We lost Chuck Davies. He's got cameos that on this show that are about as long as my cameo on Ted Lasso. Let's get into the U-20 World Cup because there's a game that's happening this week. Our first game of the U-20 World Cup. The U.S. are taking on Ecuador. Ecuador beat us in the quarterfinals in the last iteration of the U-20 World Cup. So we got to get some revenge. They actually haven't been that great in qualifying. They're just eking through both phases of qualifying. But they're here, and they've got some quality. 
But Heath, let's focus on our team. Let me say it like this. And, and I guess this is a question for everybody listening, whether you're watching on YouTube or, or listening on your audio platform of choice. Make sure you drop us a follow on Twitter to let us know as well, ISWT Pod. What is going to be deemed successful for you? Because the best we've ever done at this level is fourth. And that was back in 1989. I think Kurt Analfa was on that team. That's, that's how long ago um, that was. What do you think is success? What do you want to see to measure this as success, given what we know or given what we know we're capable of? Because I feel like we have a team that has got some ballers on it. And we'll get into some names that people should pay attention to in a little bit. But I kind of wanted to get your overall theme of of what you think would be success because we're the only country in the last three u20 world cups that's made it to the quarterfinals so we, we're having some consistency but we haven't gotten past those quarterfinals in the last three yeah i think i i think when i look at somebody like in ecuador that's your opening match when you look at the tournament format i think the u.s will get out of the group obviously um and then where you go from there i think we need to be looking at uh a semifinal. uh again we can sit and say we don't have our best team and blah, 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 but neither do any of the other big countries. Yeah, that's, They're not going to get true. their best teams, right? Um, and and But what they're showing is that they've got enough. Again, I'm I'm to me, it's not about is our best 11 as good or better than the best 11s elsewhere in a World Cup? For me, and, and I talk about this all the time, it's about that reaching that critical mass of player development that we don't need every one of those players to become... To, to make it to our, our our men's national team, right? We don't need them because before we used to get a player, we get hype about him and we're like, this guy needs to be the answer. He needs to be the one, you know, you go back, all of our strikers, you you look across our pool of players that were just hyped from the moment that they, they got into the U20s or beyond. What we need though is to show that even if we are our second best 11, that we are able to compete. We are showing an ability, a creative freedom, a tactical awareness, a technical ability yes. that competes on the same level. Now, you go into like Ecuador, they're going to play considerably different than a Slovakia who's going to play, you know, Fiji, we'll call that the outlier outlier in terms of where they're at in their um, player development in, in, in the country. But you you know, Jimmy, how you play against the European teams different than uh, um, a Hispanic team or a Latin American team or a South American team is different than Central America and 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 right, some of the right. Asian countries and things. So it's different cultural styles of play. But I want us to be able to compete on that level and look like we can control the tempo, we can control the flow of the game, that we can understand moments, that we can understand tactics at a high level. And I feel like those are a lot of the things that that I think um, are where the tests are won. I know it's a well, long long answer, no, but no, I still no, want I like to get answer. the semifinal of, of of a U20 World Cup and not do it on our U.S. men's national team historical um, process, which is like grind. Like, I want us to get to a point where we can point to why we got to the U-20s, right? We could get to the U, I mean, the semis. We could get to the semis. We get to a final. But I want us to be able to look back at that and go like, oh, yeah, you can see why, you know, as opposed to being like, well, we ground out, right, we grinded right, out right. a zero zero. We, you know, it's it's right. Portugal in the Euros where it's like, you know, zero zero, like yes. draws all the way uh, and win in, win in penalties type of thing where it's like, I get that. I like that. I, that's always going to be part of the US DNA. But I also want us to be able to point to what makes us good and effective. And I think that's a, a, a big step. Well, that. Reminds me of when I interviewed Jurgen Klinsmann ahead of the 2014 World Cup and I gave him that would you rather and, and you're speaking to it. Would you rather essentially get to a final but kind of play to the stereotypes, right? Mm -hmm. Us sitting back, hitting them on the counter, using our athleticism to win games, scoring on set pieces, mm -hmm. or would you rather, you know, maybe get to the quarterfinals and lose, but we were excellent in those 
couple games, right? We demonstrated what you're discussing, which is, whoa, like we're, we're putting the rest of the, the countries on notice. These guys are getting better, right? They're getting better technically fine, athletically fine, but but tactically, they're starting to have that that nuance and subtlety that maybe they lacked in previous iterations of their their U20s, and now they're showing it. They're they're you know they're finding their plan A's, plan B's, plans. Like everybody's on the same. That's where I think I want us to go as well. So if, yeah, if we can demonstrate that, fantastic, and we're on the same page. Now, for those that don't know that story, I posed that to to Jurgen, and he said he would rather go farther and play to our stereotypes and actually demonstrate that we're getting better. I, th- I mean, that's a loaded say, whatever. I put him in a tough spot. I was yeah. just being uh, a dick. Yeah. Right. And I'll yeah. raise my hand and say that that said, because I do thought- like binary. I do like binary questions though, Jimmy, because you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. And oh, I had him. I had him. And Sunil yeah. Gulati, the then U S soccer president was so pissed at me. He was like, he was like visibly upset in his seat. I could see him moving because I knew I stitched him up. And, and a lot of it was because, Jurgen had promised, like a lot of coaches, they promise rainbows and 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 puppy dogs. You know, when they take the job, and then when they get into the job, they're like, "Oh, this might be a little bit harder. I can't actually deliver on those promises." And, and so that's what I was basically stitching him up to do. And, and uh, I got him. I got him. But uh, Sunil was we pissed at me. I got in the elevator with him afterwards, and he was hot. He was hot. Anyway, that's time. That'd be story time for for uh, another episode. But but I agree with you. Now, for everybody that doesn't know, there's 24 teams in the U20 World Cup. 16 teams are going to make the, the knockout rounds. So that means of the, what, eight groups? No, six groups. You're going to have four third-place teams that make it in. All we really need to do is beat Fiji by a significant number. We should be one of those third-place teams. And it looks like we should be able to do that. Now, of course, no disrespect to Fiji, but they're still kind of growing their, their game and it's not as strong as, as we are. Now, let's talk about players. Let's say three players, Heath. Let's let's combine on three players that we think everybody in our audience should be paying attention to. I'm going to go first with Gaga Slonina. I know that he's a pretty well-known name, but uh, he played for the Chicago Fire last year. Chelsea came in the bottom from 10 million. He's playing for the Chelsea U21s, uh, and, and they're very happy with him from what I understand. Got a couple clean sheets at that level. No sniffs with the first team just yet. I think he might be training with the first team at times, but uh, I want to see him between the six because actually Chris Brady was the one that led us through CONCACAF qualifying to get into the World Cup, and Chicago Fire won't release him. So I want to see Gago Sanita step up and be the guy that we're all expecting him to be. Now, usually when you're a goalkeeper, you're hitting your peak at, what, 30, 31, right? He's, what, 20? So so I'm very curious to see what his trajectory looks like, but this would be a great place to kind of really put his flag in the ground and be like, not only am I going to be you know, a force for my club team, but also for the full national team moving forward. I, I I think we can all agree on this, that if you're going to win anything of consequence, any trophy of consequence, you got to have a hot goalkeeper. So I'm very curious to see how Gaga Salinina steps up. That's my that's one of my players I want to see. How about you? Yeah, I think um, on the on the the Brady front, um, obviously not being released because of the fact that he's going to be behind Gaga Salinina, right? I think Gaga Salinina yeah, that is makes clear, sense. clear yeah, number yeah. one. So sure. um that's the one of the few that I understand um, not being released for. Uh, it, I guess in order to to not um, go with the same one as you, I'm going to say uh, Caleb Wiley. I think he's one that I'm really excited to see just because he's got some major upside that we haven't seen. You know, again, this type of profile makes you go, you know, in the same vein of of, of um, Alfonso Davies, where you're like. Yeah, he could be a really good left winger, but mm-hmm. he could be a really great left fullback, right? Where it's right, like, right. if you can apply at a young enough age, all of those things that you need to be a committed defender 
plus all those tools of comfort on the ball, getting forward, getting into dangerous spots. Um, I'm not comparing him to Alfonso Davies because I think he's a generational player player as well, as, as we know. But I want to see him uh, against his age group, and I want to see him sort of show up as like a break, not a breakout because we, we know about him more, but a breakout star of the tournament. Um, he's one that I think has that that level of ups, upside. In fact, I think a, lot, a couple of players in that back line have the ability to really show well. Yeah, I'm excited to see how this goes. Now, a couple of people didn't get released. Jalen Neal from the Galaxy, uh, not becoming center back for us, got his first cap in January. Um, and then we have, who else can be missing? Maybe that, maybe that's it in the back. So Josh Winder looks like he might be getting the start. So it'll be interesting to see how he plays. He's going to be making his move to Benfica uh, this summer. Uh, moving from Louisville City in the USL, I, another player though. That, Gomez, he also got on. He was also recently on the bench for the first time for Sociedad, continuing to play with the second yeah, team. But right, like, so I think he'll be like left back on the door, and I think Caleb Wiley be in front of him as kind of our left winger okay. until Kevin Paredes shows up from Wolfsburg. Who? So Kevin Paredes and Roscoe Spustas uh, from Haiti Split. Uh, they both got called in, but I don't think they're going to show up until we get into the knockout rounds. That obviously uh, will be interesting to see how. Mikey Varas, the coach of the U-20s, balances all of that. But I think he's feeling pretty confident that uh, he can do the job. Uh, Brandon Craig is also probably be the other center back, plays for the Philly Union. You know, they they really like his upside, and he's grown a lot. So we'll see how he does. Another one that I want people to look at is Daniel Edelman, plays for the Red Bulls, really trusted by Mikey Varas in the sixth spot. And because I think we're a little thin in six, the sixth spot for our full national team, I'm curious to see. How Edel- not, Edelman can do. We're not. So, we're not light, dude. We got. We got. You know. You know who I. You know who what? my go-to is, dude. Well, Aiden Morris. Columbus crew. Yeah. Yeah. I got, go. I got it. I got it. I got it. So, he, so I'm he, just saying. He put a beating on the Galaxy yesterday. Yeah, I know they did. He was good. Um, he was very good. He's really good. Again, but he's one of those players where I'm like, I my worry is, and we've seen actually we've seen a number of Columbus Crew players over the years as midfielders not translate to the national team level because they're system based, they're really clean, they're really confident, but they don't have that next level to go like I'm going to own a spot on the national team because I can do this at at a at a at a higher level at a higher speed and still have the same impact. You know, I I, I think I, I about think, that. Well, I think what I think about is if I'm Aiden Morris and I'm thinking, okay. I got to be Tyler Adams every time I step on the field. And he, there's just nobody like Tyler Adams. The guy just yeah. covers in, an insane amount of ground, and he's so good at what he does. That Oh, bro, I don't know, man. Hayden Morris is crazy right now, dude. He's in I, the box, and then he's in the defensive okay. box. And then he well, wins balls, and then he passes, and he than keeps it. Like, yeah. well, he is playing more eight, but, but, but I guess what I'm saying is is he's playing eight next to another eight in, in, in um, um, Darlington Nagby. Uh, and, and so I, I, I still think that there's, there's like, it's a, it's a double pivot in a weird way. Cause they don't have whatever. I won't get into the tactics of that, but like, my point is, is that he's still doing a lot of the six work and he's right, covering a right, lot right. of ground and that eight type of movement, his timing to get into the box is great, but he's also doing that defensively to go and put out fires and cover a lot of ground block passing lanes. I'm hugely impressed. I don't know if that will translate. You Did know, he sign a jersey um, for you or what? Like, no, I don't know if I actually, uh, to be honest with you, I, Morris is awesome. I didn't even, I almost didn't even mention him in, in the, I, I, I had that call yesterday. I almost didn't even mention him throughout the game. Maybe gave him one or two shouts, um, during some like fill time. But like that to me is always a good, a good sign of, 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 of his quality. He's playing next to, to, to Darlington Nagby, who we know is, is a fantastic player, but he's just got something again. Uh, I, I don't know if it'll translate. I don't, um, but but would love to see if it actually does in the national team. While we have this little, you know, kind of window with with um, 
with Tyler Adams out. Sorry, I don't mean to go off the off. Well, the, yeah, you take it to the full path. national team. Let's focus on the kids, man. We'll get back to the twenties. You know, so I fight for Aaron, what I love, Jimmy. I fight for what I love. You Paxton Aronson's going to be out. Kevin Paredes is, is going to be out for the first couple of games. So I'm really excited to see which one of the young attacking players that we have that can fill in that gap, fill that void, right? You have Jack McGlynn, the left footer, young left footer from for Philadelphia Union, who's getting some valuable minutes this season. I think he's very smart, very good, good feet. You have uh, Quinn Sullivan, his teammate, uh, that can score some goals and scored a bunch of them in CONCACAF Championship. I like Diego Luna a lot. Uh, Cade Cal getting the... The release to be able to play in this one, I think this could be a nice platform for him to really show all the scouts that are going to be there mm-hmm. what he's capable of. And then Darren Yappy, I had the opportunity, as I mentioned in the last podcast, to sit down and talk with uh, Robin Frazier from Colorado Rapids. Very high on Darren Yappy. Just an incredible professional. Like he's always has the growth mindset, always looking to get better. And uh, I'm excited to see how his career turns out. But starting with this particular tournament anybody else that stands out for you Heath before we move into the championship playoff where we just lost Zach Steffen and Lyndon Gooch as Americans um yeah not good there uh my, my only other thing that I wanted to add is obviously I think Darren Yappy will continue to get maybe you put a, a, a Cade Cowell at the nine or something like that at some points when you need to rotate but it's going to be Yappy want to see how he challenges himself but in the midfield really want to see Owen Wolf he's a player that like again I I I, I, I I've liked his his maturity for his age on the field for 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 austin this year and um actually by the way him and his brother and josh uh his dad became the first um father son son duo to all score goals in major league soccer it's the first ever where there's been two That's brothers pretty wild. And a dad, which is which is which is crazy but yeah he's he's another one that i think has has some ability to when i think about like young players right now and the highs and lows that you see i see that with darren yappy right where it's like Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's not great. Whereas like when I look at Owen Wolf, I go, oh, that's a kid who's already pretty steady that you can trust in, in a lineup. So I could see him having a, a good World Cup as well. All right. Those are good shouts. And shout out to the Wolf family. Josh mm-hmm. Wolf was my roommate with the national team and club with Kansas City for many years. So I'm excited to see how his kid. I remember when these these little guys, Tyler and Owen, were like three or four, which really, you know, we already know that I'm super old. So we don't get mm-hmm. into that. Let's talk about the championship playoff, though. Lutontown came back from a 2-1 deficit over Sunderland to win 2-0. So Ethan Horvath has booked his ticket to the championship final, and the winner of that will go on to the Premier League. That'll be incredibly exciting. How big is their stadium again? Lutontown is 10,000. 10,000. Love it, dude. They're 90 minutes away from making it happen. Coventry, though, they outlasted Middlesbrough. Now, Borough, Zach Steffens in goal for them, came off his line, and, and maybe he could have done a little bit better. And I, uh, you know, at home too. Yeah, at home. My big concern here. I know that there's going to be some some grief for for Zach Steffen and some responsibility that he's going to have to assume. That's that's the rough life of being a goalkeeper. Anytime a goal uh, hits the back of your net. But the fact that Middlesbrough, who who scored so many goals during the championship season, couldn't find the big goals in the big moments, I think is more telling than than a potential defensive lapse. And and uh, what I tell my goalkeepers when I coach too is that if if you make a mistake. There's usually three or four mistakes that happened before that that got to that point. Now, sometimes you are the one that created that mistake, of course, but there's usually some breakdown somewhere that could have been that it could have really just eliminated that whole play. And so yeah. that's I try to take that pressure off my goalkeepers who, well, that, I, or who are younger way, and a little bit more fragile than Zach Steffen, I would say. But that was literally the case of yesterday with with uh, Columbus and Galaxy, which was like. Eric Zavaleta pulled out to the sideline, gets beat. Another guy doesn't track a runner. Now he's on through. And then and then it comes Jalen Neal. He has an opportunity to force the guy down to the, to the sideline. He allows him to cut inside. And then it's just 
he gets a good look from like seven yards out with a full goal. And you're like, what's, what's, what's Jonathan Bond going to do in that situation? Right. right? right, Um, right. And could he have done more? Like did, did, could he have laid out maybe, but like, there was like, you know, seven things happened before that, that um, could be prevented. So, so we got Ethan Horvath in the final and Luton town taking on Coventry. That is going to be a fantastic game. And, and uh, I'm looking forward to, when that kicks off, I'm actually going to look it up right now. I don't even know when that kicks off, but um, we're definitely going to make some time for that. But yeah, we'll figure it out here in a second. Oh, it's actually uh, this Saturday, 8.45 a.m. Pacific, 11.45 a.m. Eastern time. So that'll be a great one. All right, we had some midweek notes. You said you called some games, right, Heath? Some. We called one game. But, yeah, but there were a whole bunch of games game. happening yesterday. Yeah. And I just want to give a shout out to Austin FC, who, speaking of Josh Wolf, was under the gun a little bit in terms of feeling some pressure, feeling some heat, mm-hmm. not getting results. And they went into Seattle. Seattle's like the slump busters because Sporting Kansas City hadn't won a game yet. And they went to Seattle and also got a win. But Austin pulls out a big 2-1 win there. And then Sporting goes into L.A., where I was last night, LAFC for Sporting Kansas City. And it was finished 1-1. And uh, Denny Buanga said afterwards that Sporting Kansas City is one of the best teams he's played so far this season because they actually try to play. But that doesn't always mean they get results. So this is going to lead ultimately into us talking about MLS player salaries in the next uh, block of of the show. But um, yeah, any any results surprise you by any stretch of the imagination there, Heath? Um, Outside of the one you called? No, actually, uh, Charlotte. Charlotte have been in a, in a run of form. I think three wins in a row now. Yeah, in the Chicago league. though. Come on. Yeah, but like just and the fact of the, the 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 turnout that they had for a midweek game from their support. Like that was my first time going to the Lower Dotcom Field in, in Columbus, the new stadium. Amazing stadium. Solid turnout. Good atmosphere. But when I saw some of the others, that like you never know on a midweek, right? And you and I both know what a midweek used to look like in Major League mm-hmm, Soccer, right? Mm-hmm, Which was mm-hmm. like you could you could you could see the tumbleweed. Uh, and, and you could hear like the oh. you could hear the mob, the mom talking to her kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every time somebody yelled at you, you knew exactly where they were in the stadium <laughs> and exactly who said it. You could read their lips when they were doing it. And now, that. like that commitment to to um, showing up during midweek, and obviously there's some rivalry stuff going on this week and things like that. But I, I I appreciated that. And for a team to go three on the bounce after like their start to the season was horrible. Um, and they weren't just losing, they were losing bad in their first few games. And so now they've turned it around. I think that's, that's great for, 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 uh, for that club. Okay. It's going to be interesting to see. I also, I'm bummed for, for Robin Frazier. You know, you know, you did the same when you go get coffee or you get to see any of your friends that are kind of in the, in the trenches of the thing. And then, and then they don't have good results. You're like, Oh man, that kind of sucks. And so the Colorado Rapids lost four zero to Atlanta United. Last night, uh, FC Cincinnati actually beat a pretty good Montreal team who hadn't given up a goal in four straight games. So some some pretty interesting results for from an MLS perspective. And uh, we're actually going to talk a little bit more about MLS and their expansion, the 30th team in league history to San Diego. And we'll get into that right after this break, producer Alex. So let's make that happen. Our last break of In Soccer We Trust. So come back and join us for the big finish. Oh, baby. Welcome back to In Soccer We Trust. If you're a U.S. U.S. based fan of the beautiful game, Paramount Plus is an absolute must-have subscription. From Serie A to the Champions League, the NWSL, you got the Brasileiro and the Argentine League, uh, the Women's League in, in England. It's all happening. And uh, if you don't think it's for you, then this is what we're going to do. We're going to give you one month for free by using the code Europe. So go make that happen. Okay, Champions League semifinals done. We got a Champions League final 
coming up. That should be a good one between Man City and Inter Milan. We're going to find out the Europa League final and the Conference League final here pretty soon. NWSL is right in the thick of it. I saw the Angel City coaching staff uh, and, and front office last night. And Kristen Press, I ran into her, Heath Pierce, at the FIFA I saw party. that. I saw you took, a, you took a picture with her. With Tobin Heath and Kristen Press. And uh, that was fun. Good laughs with those two. They are uh, a lot of fun. And got to get them on the show. I think yeah. that's it. Well, we probably need to give it to a, them to attacking third, ultimately. Right. Our, our sister podcast here, uh, covering everything with the women's game. Drop them a follow. The attacking third does some great stuff and excited what uh, they're going to continue to grow and evolve into moving forward. All right. Before I get into that big party, I'll leave that for my final thoughts. Uh, MLS. Well, I ran into Don Garber. So let me bring it back. Don Garber. I ran into the commissioner, Don In Garber. coffee shop night. or what? No, it was at no, the party. You, you know, that's our new code word, Jimmy. Coffee shop, you know. Coffee like, shop. Ran into <laughs> him at a coffee shop. Yes. Yeah, so I, I <laughs> metaphorically met him at a coffee shop that was the okay. Griffith Observatory in LA at this launch party for FIFA saying their new emblem for the World Cup in 26 and saw a lot of familiar faces, including Don Garber. And um, there's me with the trophy. Is here. that actually you? That looks photoshopped. I'm not going to lie. Not. Is it actually you? That's me. <laughs> Maybe it's just the backdrop. It literally looks like you've been placed into that. Into I know, that photo but it is me, actually so. me. Now I'm starting to believe your story a little okay, bit. Look, less. you can see the 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 thing I'm wearing. <laughs> yeah, right? but anybody could wear it. Could put that. I got that. Uh, I still have it on because I didn't. I forgot to. Cut also, it off. like full kit wanker for keeping that on, Jimmy. <laughs> I just <laughs> forgot it was on. <laughs> Impressing uh, your kids with your invite. Yeah, to the yeah. Look at me, kids. I went to something important last night, but uh, yeah, I just landed and got back here to the studio to do the show, and a lot of fun. But uh, me and Warren Barton, who I did some stuff with uh, in Qatar, he, we're, we were peppering uh, Don about some questions because Warren is, lives just north of San Diego and Del Mar. And uh, were you working? That, was it like a work thing, or were you just? I was there. Like I was. A, I was there on behalf of, of FIFA. Uh, no, I was okay, there on behalf nice. of FIFA. FIFA uh, said they'd like me to come down and check it out. And listen, R nine Ronaldo was there. I wanted to get a photo with him. How's but, his fitness? Like, does he look healthy or not? Like, uh, define healthy. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, he, he looks like he's had a pretty large range of, like, you know, I was going to say he looks well fed. There's R9 okay. and then there's, there's, you know, R, 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 R11, you know, R9 like, squared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I'd say he's in the middle okay. of that. Okay. Fair. I don't think he's at peak where he could be, uh, or where we've seen him maybe in the past. Okay. Uh, Carly Lloyd was there, uh, you know, Kristen Tobin, Owen Wilson. Showed up. I was sitting next to Cristo Fernandez, who plays Danny Rojas. Yeah, and, I saw you uh, with him. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. I ran into him actually in a coffee shop in L.A. That's no, actually you didn't. That's, I you swear. Can't say that now. You, you should ask him. You should ask him. But it, it was cool. It was cool to be there and and um, and to just kind of rub shoulders with some of the people, the movers and shakers of the game, especially yeah. here. Cool. Uh, trying to get this world. What were you peppering, Harbor? I was talking to him about San Diego, and he's like, "Oh, that's where I'm going tomorrow." Yeah, and there's actually a live event that's about to start any minute now. That's uh, yeah, which is great. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about the Mansoor family and, and the Right to Dream Academy and everything that's attached to what they want to do and how the Right to Dream Academy would be a, a good like near San Diego, near the, the border, a, a nice place to to help kids become the best versions of themselves. I really love what Right to Dream is doing. Um, so so, yeah, just a lot of positives around that. However, a little awkward that's, you know, Landon Donovan. San Diego Loyal, USL, they're not really working together. But apparently, Mansoor family reached out to the, the ownership group of the San Diego Loyal and said, hey, you want to partner on this thing? And apparently, I'm going to use that. These are my air quotes. Apparently, the Loyal uh, ownership group said, 
F off. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing here. Okay. It could have been, could have been something different, but, hmm. but uh, yeah, I was just trying to get there as quickly as possible. And so once that happened, then I think that got broken off and the Mansur family uh, had the ear of the MLS brass and now $500 million back in 2007, Heath, mm-hmm. Toronto FC. They got, you, you, they got in for 10 million bucks. 2007. So we're fasting for what? 16 years, 17 years. Mm-hmm. And now $500 million for franchise. Now I will say San Diego is a hell of a location. And I feel like every player in their mom is going to want to go there. Yeah. I mean, that's a big old expansion fee. Jeez Louise. But again, I, I, I can't wait to see, again, I like the idea of, you know, I'd been, I'd been pre MLS. I had been talking to some people within right to dream about goals that they had, right. There right. were some discussions of, uh, Washington or Baltimore. Um, there was some discussions of, uh, any of the border territories, El Paso places in, 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 in Texas and the border States. And then there was the idea of like, again, how do you implement right to dream? And for those that don't know, right to dream, obviously it's a Ghanaian Academy that's provided pathways for, for players, um, to move on. I think it's a little bit tricky. I'm not sure how it'll play out in terms of their development of players that they then go on and sell them to clubs themselves through academies. It's a little bit of an, a different model than we we've seen before. But they had the academy in Ghana. They then uh, uh, acquired FC Norseland, my my first professional club in Denmark. Uh, and and then obviously we, we you you actually see a lot of players uh, over over time that had played in Major League Soccer that were just part of Right to Dream Academy as kids, and then they went to like either boarding schools or universities or got you know scholarships and really really powerful program um, for for historically African. Uh, kids. Now there's another way that you can implement that and create opportunities in the U.S., which we know is a major thing and in a very high pay-to-play, um, expensive uh, sport. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what gets rolled out and and yeah, what we what what what's possible, I guess. Jimmy, you're muted, by the way. Yeah, that's the best way to have. That's the best way to have me. So what I was saying was that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was me. I was like looking around. I was just like, just act like I know what I'm saying. No, no, no. It was me. It was me. I apologize yeah. for that. I went on yeah. a nice rant there. But no, I was going to say that I remember when Steve Cherundolo and I were sitting in the bus on the national team. And I was always like, hey, man, when are you going to come to MLS? You know what? When are you going to come back? And leave the Bundesliga and come back and grace us with your presence. And he's like, once San Diego gets an MLS team, I will come back and play in the league because that's where he grew up. And uh, a little bit too late for that. And now he's coaching in MLS. But uh, I think it's going to be a prime destination for a lot of players to want to come back and, and have some fun. And then if you start to add all these other features, it's just going to make the, the the club unique with the right to dream stuff. And, mm-hmm. and as they continue to develop that whole area, I think it's going to be really special. I do think that the San Diego loyal Atlanta Donovan situation is tricky. I, I, I'm very curious to see how they maneuver that, but um, it's interesting. So let's use this though, because what I find fascinating is that you have 500 million. The Mansour family is buying in on this. That's just to get in. Then they have to put, who knows? I know they're going to use Snapdragon Stadium with San Diego State and, and anybody else that's using it right now. So they have a stadium, but I'm sure there's going to be some expenses to that. Then you got to build the team. And then and then I think what's interesting is because they did the roster 
money got dropped, Heath. All all the money got dropped of like who makes what roster salaries, every player yep. salaries from the MLSPA. And and I think that there's a lot of people out there that think us older guys should be bitter because we see players that maybe at our level making like five, ten times as much as we were. I'm all for it. Like that's why we 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 laid the foundation so those guys could go do their thing, just like we had other people lay the foundation for us. Uh, so and the people who and the people who want to mention us saying, oh, this is the day every year, you know, Andrew Weeby had said this, like where former players get really, you know, heads are going to explode because of whatever. Like in my mind, I'm like, dude, first of all, I'm super happy for the growth of the game because the next generation is only going to get better. It's providing opportunities for people like us. It's funding a job for people like Andrew Weeby, who was never even close to making it to Major League Soccer, right? I think it's, it's creating more opportunities for all of us who dream to play and or be in the sport it's creating, you know, that growth is a sign of growth for, for right. all of us. Right. 2026 and all these things are all measurable metrics that are providing us opportunities as former players to continue to be part of the game because it's growing and there's more opportunities for us. So yeah. I'm all for it, man. I love I'm it. all for it as well. I don't I don't uh, harbor any bitterness with regard to that. I'm excited for the guys that are getting And sorry paid. for the Weeby stray. Uh, Weeby caught a stray right we, there. Weeby caught a stray there. But no, no, no. I mean, you're using him as context and as a catalyst to get the conversation going. But what I find fascinating is that you're going to ask this man, sewer guy, to then hey, paying hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars to get probably a training facility, right to Dream Academy going, the entry fee, stadium stuff. And then, like, by the way, you only have a $10 million salary cap. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I think something has to change, right? There has to be some linkwi- linkage. Well, shoot. Where, I mean, okay, I know they got some DPs that can pay above that, right? But Toronto FC is a good example. We see their payroll on this, this thing, the highest in the league, but just because you buy fancy things doesn't mean it's always going to work out and you're going to have, Oh, it's not working there right now. It's definitely not working out. And, and yeah. uh, I don't think that's going to end well for, for a lot, but, and, th- and there's a way to team build. I just wonder if we're getting to a point where there has to be like a, maybe you, you, maybe you get rid of the DP rule. And I know it's probably a bigger conversation and we're running out of time and maybe we can get into it later, especially because I want to hear Chuck get all triggered about it. But is there a way to like maybe get rid of the DP rule, raise the salary cap to something like 20, 30 million? I don't know. But then there has to be a, a floor. Like you have to you have to spend at least X. So so there can't be some team spending 30 and another one spending five. Like there still has to be some ambition, like a minimal ambition from somebody. <laughs> that, that the RSLs of the world, uh, you know, the ones that yeah. are in the middle of the country that aren't as attractive to the big stars that come over, potentially. I don't know. I don't know what you're thinking. Like, so you, maybe it's like a 10 million ceiling or a 15 million dollar floor and a and a 30 million ceiling. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out a way that we can kind of level up. Because when I think about players, Heath, that that are are very good, that are getting paid, you know, can we just raise that middle class a little bit higher? So I mean, the middle class is going up quick. To be it fair. is, it is. Like, it's going is up quick. Qu- is the quality of that matching the middle class though? You know what I mean? I don't know. Because I well, think about Ricky, Ricky Pooch, right? Let's use mm-hmm. Ricky Pooch. What if you could just have you could because a galaxy could use four Ricky Pooches, but they can only afford one with the rules or whatever mm-hmm. it is. But if they could go out and get that, maybe they could. They just got to get rid of Chicharito and they can get go get a couple more Ricky Pooches. But like I'm I'm using him because he's still young enough. He could, that they're offering him money that's attractive to a guy in his mid to late twenties. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, it's a big conversation. No, I've I got I've got at least get it started. I've got two I've got two quick thoughts on that. One, um, I do think that. I would love to create a national product. This is my own personal opinion I'm speaking of here. You need to give me reasons to love and hate. Okay, I love Arsenal. I watch Man City play every single weekend. I don't love Man City. I don't love their, their you respect how it. they've gotten to it, but I respect it. It is entertaining for me. 
when they lose, it makes me feel kind of good because it's like the 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 bad guys lost, right? Because they're the big money, big spending, whatever. Right. But I watch it week in and week out because I absolutely love the way that they play. It is the epitome of beautiful, uh, the beautiful game. But I have every reason to love or hate them. And I create that dynamic with teams for 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 valid reasons. And I think we've got to get to the point now with Major League Soccer that you have a reason to love or hate. Why do you love or hate the Yankees and the Red Sox? Why do you love or hate the history of certain teams within clubs around the world? You need to have that emotional, personal connection to them. And so I think we need to open that up so you can have somebody go and spin big. Philadelphia Union's not going to play by that game, right? Um other clubs aren't going to play that game. Right, They're going to right, continue right. to invest strategically or develop players. Right to Dreams is going to develop players and put out a great product. It might be a selling platform for them, but they might also also believe that if they invest early in kids, they can they can create a sustainable model that's still competitive, that's still competing for trophies or competitive in some way that 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 um, creates an entertaining product for the fans in the stadium. And so I think that's one part. I, I do think a minimum spend is important. What I think you risk when you go to minimum spend is there's mechanisms that a lot of leagues around Europe have had as they started to lose domestic players or domestic jobs is that protection of that under 23 player yeah. or the salary. Um, we've obviously got a ton of mechanisms right now. I think that could also improve the quality and pay of the players. But you talk about Ricky Pooch, but next to him is Mark Delgado. And I don't know what he's making, but it's, it's got to be close to seven, eight, nine hundred thousand dollars $900,000. And yeah, he's a young American, true. been in the that's league true. a decade. That's and so true. I think that middle class has gone up. And I don't want to lose that for the sake of just putting in you can lose that in a lot of ways because teams already go around but, that. But isn't um, there? The, are we getting to a point? Because this happens all over the world, where you pay two million dollars for Alan Polito, or you pay him two million dollars to come to Kansas City, and of course he gets hurt, and that's unfortunate. That's part of it. But are we are we now into that phase? And I know you got to go, Heath, and so we're going to mm -hmm. call the show. But are we not into that phase of MLS where you're going to pay a couple million dollars, and guess what? It might just not work out. You know, right. I mean, not everything's going to be a sure thing, and that's the risk of owning a sports team. That's the risk of any time you, you sign a player. It might work out. It might not. But I think that we need to start taking more swings in that direction because... because uh, Oh, I agree. It could be a one million... Look, the, the union are going to go with their uh, sports director, Ernst Stanner. They're going to find that one million transfer fee signing. That's a, a diamond in the rough and think that's going to work. You've got, um, uh, um, say, a, a RSL that aren't going to spend 10, 20 million, but they might go find the $4 million player that they can bring in that that's their version of, of taking a risk, but you you're going to get some of those wrong. And I agree with you. And so you've got to figure out a model that stays competitive. That gives us reason to watch week in week out. That gives fans a reason to come to the stadium. That feels like you're, you're putting the club at the forefront. So a lot of, a lot of things to do, but I think all good signs, good problem. Yeah, all good signs, all good signs. And uh, I'm excited to bring on somebody that can help maybe explore this topic with us a little bit further down the road we have to get some guests on we haven't had a guest on in a while and i gotta get my I drum know. out all right that's it that's the show so on behalf of producer des producer alex and i guess charlie chuck wagon davies i'm jimmy conrad alongside heath pierce and we love your support we thank you for it and uh we can't wait to, to see you on monday and let's go u20s baby let's get hey, jimmy look it. at the last poll look at this last poll that we got one more What's poll the last poll we got one more poll what is it <laughs> uh, yeah look at that who's the real heath pierce <laughs> <laughs> this guy or this guy? Uh, this uh, that's kind guy of a tie for me, but uh, it is. It is. It's a it. really, really well it. done. You know, we got some funny people back at house right now that are. We do. Uh, They're really working it right now. I love really that. Funny. All right, everybody, have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Later.